and welcome to Art Waves, a podcast about arts and culture in small rural towns. My name is Marian Myers, and I'm curious to learn more about the arts and the impact they have on my small town of Port Perry in the rural township of Skugog, Ontario, in the traditional territory of the Mississaugas of Skugog Island. I've discovered a wide variety of passionate people creating, coaching, and connecting in my community. And today we're talking to Michael Black, who is an abstract painter. Is that a good way to describe you, Michael? Yeah, sure. (laughs) So why don't you describe what you do? Uh, You know, describe that style, that abstract painting style style where did it come from how did you get into it what's your background for that i've been interested in first of all thank you for the opportunity um i've been interested in abstract painting since um probably i was about 12 or 14. um i fell in love with it uh taking classes when i was uh uh, a preteen and young teen and uh have always loved uh, the approach. Um, one of the things I found so exciting about it, even as a young person, was its sense of possibility um, that you could uh, uh, dig into something that was uh, in some ways maybe uh, more universal, uh, something that could appeal to lots of different people on lots of different levels. And uh, that was uh, where I started from. I um, obviously had to various kinds of training. I did art history at university. I went to what in our day we referred to as OCA, that's now OCAD-U. Um, and uh, it's been basically a lifelong passion. Um, my own work tends to move back and forth between uh, things that look like cultural artifacts in one way or another, um, things that look like old walls or old bits of text and that sort of thing and also uh, a lifelong passion with uh, biomorphic biomorphic and anthropomorphic forms that I've um, used. One of the things that I've been aware of over the last, let's say, eight, nine years, something like that, is that I did both things. I did sort of uh, large format, um, often stained biomorphic, anthropomorphic forms. I did this very minimal kind of... uh, approach to the sort of work that uh, involved things that looked like old architectural details and uh, and that kind of thing. And over the last few years, they've tended to come together into a, a single format. So I'm not quite sure what happens next, but uh, mm. those are the kinds of things that I've been doing. And who are those influences? You talked about people that you have admired, the Henry Moores, the... Um, Michael Snow, Painters 11. All of the above, certainly. Um, I think one of the things that was fabulous about growing up in, in the GTA and being having access to Toronto um, when I was young was that uh, um, people like the generation that came after Painters 11 were accessible to us. You know, you could uh, go to Isaac's Gallery and see the stuff. You could, uh, you had, uh, you know, the huge collection that Henry Moore himself donated to the AGO um, of his maquettes and uh, and first pieces and all of that. Um, 
you know, it was a it was a place where the scale was a smaller scale in terms of the city, and but there was all kinds of exciting work going on, and um, I think when I was, I think disparate influences are are really helpful to some kinds of creativity. And as I mentioned to you before, when we were talking, um, there was a great big fat book on Henry Moore in my high school art room and um, a great big book that uh, was actually somebody's dissertation on Michael Snow, a survey uh, was called. And uh, and those two things doesn't don't seem like they would have anything to do with each other. But I think melding the, the influences together um, was certainly something that uh, that was uh, of influence on me uh, as a younger person. Plus, drawing, drawing, drawing all the time, and whatever I was being taught in in a very good art department uh, when I was a high school student. So, and other things like the the gallery school at uh, AGO and that sort of thing. Yeah, and you taught as well, right? It, yes, in high school art. Yeah, I taught high school art and English for many years. Um, when we moved to, um, not when we moved to Durham, but when I moved uh, schools from the York Region Board to the Durham Board, um, I got hired at Port Perry High School and they just needed somebody to teach English. And so I taught English for the last 12, 14 years of my career, but uh, which I which I love mm. and loved. and. Uh, um, that was uh, that was great, but I, for many many years I taught both art and English at once. Yeah, one of the great joys I think I've I've had is watching you when we've hired people at Skugog Arts with the Canada Summer Jobs Program, and we've brought in people to work with us at Skugog Arts, helping with the gallery. And meanwhile, you taught them English at high school, and they'd gone on to uh, OCA or OCAD and were back in town. And that was just, that was really cool, isn't it, to see these people that you had taught at some point in school come back and then be part of the visual arts scene. One of the things that I have always loved are community schools. And one of the things that I have always been aware of in this place is that we we have a sense of community where everybody wears different hats. Um, I, uh, you know, have, you know, I'm somebody who does what I do now, but I'm still to a lot of people, the Mr. Black that was their high school teacher, et cetera, et cetera. And um, different hats work very well in a smaller community as we, uh, you know, bump up against each other in all different kinds of contexts. And I think that's part of the richness of this place. And and part of the, quite frankly, the possibility of this place, that uh, you have the opportunity to, to um, not recreate yourself so much as to allow uh, people into your life in various ways um, that uh, that we all work together and do lots of different things in this one place. And I think that's a very interesting aspect of, of what makes this a very rich community. And I think too, you know, I find in the arts in particular, it's an interesting opportunity for multi-generational conversation and, Absolutely. and work so that we end up with uh, young, very young musicians and much older musicians mm-hmm. and very young art, visual artists and older visual arts and young writers and 
and mature writers who publish our authors and it's just wonderful to see and i think the arts bring that out don't they the they absolutely do I'm, i was always aware as a high school teacher that at various points when a staff in whatever school i was in was all about the same age that wasn't as healthy as when we had older and younger and mid-career folks all working together that's a much healthier environment and when we were talking about the arts i think it's absolutely great because it it provides that cross-pollination opportunity that we don't have in any other way. Yeah, yeah. So tell us about being a resident artist at the Scugog Arts Space. Um, what's it like showing your work in your own community? It's frankly awesome um, because you have, because of the way this community is currently evolving um, and has become a destination place for for people from the broader GTA as a as a you know day trip location, you get all of those folks coming in and having a look. Um, you also you know again back back to wearing different hats in the same community conversation. Um, you also are showing what you do to people who may not have known in our own community that that you do these things. Um, I I said this to you the other day, but. Uh, um, a friend of mine who has just retired from OCAD was saying one of the things that he really noticed about um, gallery goers, quote unquote, into the Scugog art space was that people really look. They take the time to look. They take the time, no matter what their backgrounds, whether or not they've you know, ever, ever darkened the door of a quote unquote art gallery before, people take the time to look. There's a broad range of, of uh, inventory in the gallery space. We have all kinds of crafts we have all kinds of people who do all different sorts of things and the mix is what makes it a very rich experience i think for those of us who take part and interact with other artists and artisans and creators and also for the people who come into the space to uh, to buy and purchase and look and and all of that mm -hmm. kind of stuff it's a it's it's really great i i really enjoy for instance when I've been doing my sort of volunteer version of, you know, sitting in the gallery, however often that um, if there's a situation where there's two of us, I'll meet somebody I've, you know, who has also lived perhaps in the community for quite some time who I don't know. And, uh, and we will, you know, fall into conversation and, and, you know, it's been, that's been a very rich experience for me. So. Yes. Well, yeah. Being a painter and then having long conversations with a wood turner, absolutely. Or like a fiber artist. Yeah, and absolutely. So and, on, and, you yeah. know, and, and friendships develop out of those kinds of situations that strengthen the arts community in this place. So that's, that's a great thing. Yeah. Yeah. And sharing skills and ideas and how yeah, to absolutely. do it. And, and how does it compare to your years with the propeller gallery in Toronto? What Very you... similar in many ways. Um, uh, perhaps a broader range of people um, in terms of, uh, again, we're talking the wood turners and fiber artists and stuff. We had all those, but we tended to, you know, we'd have a couple of shows at the same time and it would be um, just, those two people, whereas in this particular... Oh, so at Propeller, yeah, it was... Yeah, we have a retail space where it, we... It was done more as exhibition yes. only, so yeah. that you would try to create a, a continuity show, uh, curate it, and have maybe two artists together. Yes, yes, absolutely. Sometimes we often did group shows too, but uh, so that the community, especially um, the uh, 
community, you know, of Propeller members at large, we would have those kinds of experiences. But, but in terms of showing, um, not as much sort of cross-referencing um, as we uh, as we put together shows, that sort of thing. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that's what's interesting about how the Scugog art space has evolved is that there's this area uh, that is the resident artist area where those are the artists that are there on an ongoing basis. And that's that mix from fiber to, to ceramics, to paintings, Mm -hmm. to wood. And yet then there's a a nice area that is, um, an exhibition space that changes monthly. And those are those, um, exhibitions that are unique. They're, they're there for one month. Um, they tend to be solo shows and those people will often come from, from outside the community. Right. And that's that great influence to see new people and new work that way. And And that's been a very interesting experience. Again, as I've been sitting in the gallery space, because I've had folks from out of town come in to visit friends or see somebody that they wanted to see who was hanging in one of the monthly shows and then become quite interested as well in the other things that are there all the time. So Mm -hmm. that's been that's been an interesting aspect of yeah. how it works. It's cool. It's I think we're really lucky in this town from a visual arts perspective uh, and fine craft perspective because for a town this size, um, we've got um, the Kent Farndale Gallery in the library, which is a beautiful gallery space yes. for solo duo shows, mm-hmm. but quite large. Um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a fair size gallery. So if you're an artist putting a show in there, it's a couple of years work to, mm-hmm. to, um, fill the space and, and, and have a beautiful show. And then it's, and it's exceptional space, but it's not necessarily always suited to a smaller show That's right. or to maybe an emerging artist. Mm-hmm. You really have to be ready to show there. So then Skookog Art Space is great for emerging, but it's also great for somebody, a professional mm-hmm. artist with a smaller show. And then Metaphor Gallery with, uh, you know, a real cross mix of fine craft. Yeah. And then Framers Gallery where... Um, she's got limited edition prints, but also is a great framer. So mm-hmm. it's, it, it's kind of interesting. And then art associations and Port Perry Artists Association puts on their shows at the, you know, our lovely little scout hall. And well, yeah. And, and, uh, but all of the above, and, and I have a show next April at uh, the Kent Farndale and I'm, I'm, uh, it gives me an opportunity to show some of the bigger stuff that I, mm-hmm. that I can't necessarily show in a smaller venue. And that's something that's very exciting. Um, but a bigger pieces and give it breathing room too, right? Bigger it's pieces a beautiful and give it place room. for that. And then there's that little back hallway gallery that's, uh, that's much more suited to smaller stuff. And, uh, and the, the, it's the mix of spaces. You're quite right. And the mix of, of, uh, people involved between metaphor and, and framers gallery and, and us and the Kent Farndale. And, you know, it provides a, a broad range of not only what's available, but also spaces that attract people. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's been part of what, uh, yeah. And how about. people get to, uh, you know, know about what's showing yeah, there right. too. Like I found, and I too have had a, a solo show at the Farndale. And what was interesting was a lot. Yes people came in specifically because of my show, but the 
vast majority of the people coming in were actually the regular library user. That's right. And then they would say, oh, what's on in the gallery? Mm -hmm. And in they would go and take a look around, you know, once a month to see what was in. And, mm -hmm. you know, so a lot of your visitors came out of that audience. That's right. And the audiences change where you go. So mm -hmm. in Skugog Arts and at, and at Metaphor, yes, there are the visitors that come specifically because of those two places, but then there's also just that casual visitor to the town who's walking through and right. sees things and, and, and comes in. And it's kind in, of so interesting, too, in terms of scale, because all of the places we're talking about are literally you know half a block a block two blocks away from each other you I know? know i mean yeah and you get different audiences in different places yeah yes. to go to four places yeah you know in, in yeah in walking distance within four blocks of each other is really cool so um describe your practice or how you practice your process what do you do well i tend to draw a lot um i always have um since i was young um and I, uh, ideas will come to me. I, I did a little talk on appreciating abstract painting a little while ago at Skugog Arts, as you know. And one of the things that I talked about in that was, was the fact that uh, I don't pre-plan what I'm doing for a specific piece. I'll have an idea in my head or I'll be part of a series that I'm working on. I quite often work in series and um, kind of a theme and variations approach. But uh, I'll tend to... Um, that sounds like the name of a ballet I, I'm familiar with. <laughs> <laughs> but I tend to lay stuff down um, on a flat tabletop. I have a very old table that my uncle made over 100 years ago. And I, mm. and I uh, tend to lay down uh, textured areas and uh, staining areas and stuff and then see what happens. Uh, wait impatiently for how that's all going to work out and then see what is suggested and then work up whatever compositional things come. I tend to change up um, the, uh, the focus of what I'm doing in terms of palette. Uh, um, I think I'm pretty influenced quite often by seasonal stuff. I think all of us who've lived our way through COVID over the last while uh, were desperate for spring this year and uh, summer here was uh, I did a show in the city um, that was called uh, Garden Show um, that was based on on the garden uh, in our own little place um, and all of the stuff that came out last summer because I think uh, sometimes gardens provide hope and it's been a kind of a dismal time with some of the things that have been going on. Um, but uh, so seasonally palette changes quite often, but, um, but I lay it out first on a flat surface. We'll see how it happens. I put it up and then begin to work with the composition after that and see how what it suggests, how it's going to work. Um, that's basically the process. I tend to, I work in acrylic, um, have done for years. I don't use, even though I build up heavy textures, I don't use a lot of medium or anything. I use a lot of washes and, and overspray. I use a lot of wet on wet um, to, uh, to build it up. But uh, I've basically been an acrylic painter for a very long time. I, I know one of the things that I really like in your work is that I see in every painting that you've got a mix of pigments that are semi-transparents, transparents, and opaque. And you seem to really find a lovely balance of working those in. I love that contrast. Well, thank you. I uh, That's intentional. I, I find sometimes that uh, I like 
very flat areas. I like areas that are worked. I like areas that where staining shows. I uh, I also use a lot of um, hard edge areas because that seems uh, metaphorically a lot like life to me. Back and forth between hard edges of things and organic things, it just uh, it seems a bit like that. Um, sometimes people have told me that it reminds them of aerial maps and that sort of thing in terms of the way they work. Um, I mean, I. I've done a lot of art history over the years, so I'm aware of some of the influences that create that. But hopefully, they're they're my own at this stage of my life as they as they kind of um, come together into those kinds of formats. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, what impact do you think your work and the space, like the Scugog Art Space, has on the community? Oh gosh, I know. <laughs> I don't know whether. I have any impact on the community. I think it's, I think it's great for people to know that there are people out there doing all different kinds of things in our own community. Mm-hmm. I think that that's a um, that's something that that does have an impact on the community. Just just to give people a sense of the art of the possible, that it is the kind of place where you where you can be lots of different things in, in one location. Um, I think, um, as far as that goes, I don't know, you know, some people seem to quite like my work, uh, you know, others, uh, uh, many of us, uh, of a particular background, we're taught if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. So <laughs> I, I go through life with, you know, probably lots of those people around me. I don't know, but, uh, you know, it's, um, it's, uh, I think, I think having the opportunity to, uh, to as I said before, to show in your own community is good, and people are are quite respect, uh, receptive and responsive to that. I find quite often. Yeah. Um, but uh, I I wouldn't know in terms of the broader impact of of uh, what that means to people. I think uh, there are a lot of former high school students who are a little freaked out that I do that, <laughs> do this as well as marking their papers or something. I, I find it really wonderful when people come back into the space and they've bought your work and they have it hanging and, and they just keep coming back. Oh, I just want to see what else Mike yeah. is working on, even though they own three pieces of their, your work that's lined up mm-hmm. in the dining, that's hanging in the dining room. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I love oh, that when they, they come back in and they, well, they want to come see what else, what else is Michael but working I think, on? But I don't think, you know, quite seriously, you know, um, I don't think it's just me. I think it's the kind of space that people, because they know the show's turnover. Right. And because they know that there's a, a different show every month in the back section of the, um, you know, people do come back to have a look and see what's current. And they do yeah. that all the time. Yeah. It's interesting because I find that um, people now have caught up, realize if you see something you like, you better buy it because mm-hmm. it just may not be there. They, yeah. they assume it's going to be there for forever and, mm-hmm. you know, oh, they can come back anytime when they make up their mind and then right. it's not there. And we have people that come in and they like particular artists and we have some major collectors of Ruth Greenlaw's work yes. and Sandra Reiner's work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that's always fun to see or people yeah, that would, you know, you know, the, it, every they know, time they want to buy an important gift, they buy a Sandra Reiner piece. For, and they know that they come back uh, with a particular name in mind and it won't be the same stuff that was there the last time they were in. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I find myself saying to people, too, about the solo shows. You come back every month to see them. Sure, we like it when people buy original art, but 
you know, we love it when people just come out and admire it or mm -hmm. take it in. And sometimes it's your something you appreciate and sometimes it's something you you appreciate it you want to see it it's not necessarily something that you have room for in your house or that you want to buy and that's okay right. but come back and look at it because that's that's something that as, we do as, often as an artist i think that that is a very rich aspect of our own community um, mm -hmm. to to promote that kind of discussion to have those kinds of things um, one of your previous interviewers was was a musician, and I think that we find in this particular community with the richness of the musical offerings that are available to us here, um, that uh, not everybody finds that whatever is playing on a particular night is their cup of tea, but it promotes discussion and it, and it uh, enlivens the entire creative enterprise of the community. So. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So what's next for Michael Black? You mentioned the show at the Farndale that you're going to be having in, what month is that? Uh, April next year. April of 2023. 2023. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've got a show in Thornbury at the Ellie Shore in October. Um, I'm continuing to work with Preston Gallery in, in Uxbridge. I've had a, um, a real epiphany, I think, uh, in a personal sense about uh, some of these places when we, when our smaller communities that, you know, many of us have been in or around for a long time are now, um, you know, as the city encroaches, as they have been discovered by the city, when Barrie is now a suburb of Toronto, you know, I mean, uh, these things, I think the perception of these places is is very different on the part of the broader audience and um, I think that uh, many of these places are viable in a way that they were not. Um, I was in an absolutely fabulous gallery last week in Fenland Falls. Mm -hmm. I mean, 25 years ago if, if you would have said to me that there was a viable gallery and design space in Fenland Falls I wouldn't have believed you, but there certainly is now. Yes, and and and, a, and some great restaurants to choose from. That's right. There's a, this is happening in small towns, yes, isn't it? Yes, it is all over the place. All over. Uh, Rem Coolhouse, the the architect and theoretician, talks about the changes that you observe in our particular area era, rather not necessarily in in cities, but in rural areas. And that's he was talking in a different context, but that's very much the case, I think. And uh, I think uh, Aurelia is another one. You know, I mean, there's so many communities mm -hmm. where where um, they are viable in terms of the arts in a way that they have not been outside of the downtown core. And, uh, I mean, Aurelia is an example of an amazing music scene, of course, with yes, the Mariposa Folk Festival. And and that's been ongoing mm -hmm. other than the number of years where they were had the festival on Toronto Island, yeah. but it was in Aurelia. And now their whole visual arts That's scene, right. their, their live theater, mm -hmm. everything. And, you know, you just start naming the towns, as you yeah. said, Fen right. Fenland Falls, Coburg has one yeah. of the most beautiful art galleries. It certainly does. And, you know, I mean, so the whole focus of, of having to be downtown to be taken seriously, I think is, is up for grabs is in the process of, of being renegotiated, if you like, and uh, and I think that uh, we are very much part of that and very much on the front lines of that, and mm -hmm. uh, I think that that's uh, 
that's one of the great things again about this community. Yeah, I think I mean it's one of the advantages of the 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 towns that are a relatively easy driving distance of Toronto yes. is that we have the advantage of obviously we don't have the facilities in these smaller towns for uh, ballet, uh, for a symphony because we don't have those yeah. that infrastructure. So we can go into Toronto, we can go to symphonies, we can go to the the big rock concerts that are there or in yeah. Barrie. Um, we can go to ballet, opera, and so on, and lots of great theater. But there's a lot of absolutely fabulous theater yeah, up I mean, here in, in the small towns. And and Tafel Music has regularly played over here at Yeah, Church Town Hall, and, yeah. 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 So, I mean, I mean the, your original question was, you know, what's next? Um, Ellie Shore, for me, was that kind of an experience. I, uh, Janet Reed, who's a wonderful painter, um, was having a show. Uh, she lives in Innisfil in Toronto, and she was having a show at uh, a gallery I didn't know about in a library I didn't know about in Thornbury. And I went up to see the show and fell in love with the gorgeous space. And this will be the second or third time, I guess, I've showed up there. Um, because it's a gorgeous light-filled space in a very supportive, smaller community outside of the city. Mm -hmm. You know, so again, it's the same kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So, Michael, uh, for people to see your work, so obviously uh, Skugog Arts is one space, Preston Gallery, uh, and you we've named upcoming shows, but on an ongoing basis, I know for sure um, at the Skugog Arts website, which is skugogarts.ca, if somebody uh, clicks on the shop link, they see everything that you've got that's in the Skugog Arts space. So someone can look remotely and see that. Yes. How else might they? Have you got a website? Well, uh, I have a website, although it's largely historical. Um, I tend to, uh, that's uh, michaeljbblack.com. Um, I tend to post much more regularly current work on Instagram, Michael J.B. Black. Um, I quite often have work at uh, the Art Gallery in the Distillery um, District in the city. Um, that's about it at the moment for current space. Bougie Art Gallery, which is an online platform, I quite often um, have, uh, have work there. Uh, because of the nature of the online thing, they tend to be smaller, more portable pieces. Um, for that kind of thing but uh yeah i mean again it's uh, the great opportunity to be able to show in my own community and you know put something in the back of the car as opposed to shipping it across mm -hmm. long distances and uh and drive it a minute and a half down the street you know it's, it's <laughs> yeah it's, it's great pretty awesome. yeah it's just like i felt like oh now we've given people a sort of an impression of I hope we've raised their curiosity about yeah. what your work looks like and they oh, should go take you. a look. So yeah. I think that's just great. So Michael, thank you very much. Well, thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, this so. is great. And to our audience, uh, Chi Miigwech for spending time with us today. Thanks to The Wanted for their song Before the Fall and the Ontario Trillium Foundation for the grant that got this done. Visit scugogarts.ca to get the scoop on what we're up to and join us every week for another episode of Art Waves. And again, thank you, Michael Black.